spoke to my heart. And I said, I got a new resolution. I'm going to get closer to Jesus. Ain't that a good one? Because if I get closer to Jesus, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to go to church more. I'm going I'm to read more. Right? The closer I get to Jesus, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to Thessalonians this morning, chapter 1. I'm going to talk about falling away. Oh, boy, boy, boy. Well, on a brand new start, you're going to talk about how we, how we fall in a way. I'm only trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to preach what God tells me. I like to preach something else, but I've never in my life as a Christian have seen so many people in church fall away. I was hearing an estimation the other day, and I, and I just picked out a number, but come to, it was confirmed that 93% of Americans don't read their Bible. Only 47% go to church. About 70-some percent profess they're Christians. Something don't add up, right? Christians that don't pray. <laughs> Christians that don't read their Bible. Christians that don't go to church. You know what? Let me get my, my passages ready, and I'm going to just let you know what I'm, I'm talking about this morning. I have a New Year's resolution that's worth keeping. Draw close to Jesus. Because I believe right now that we're in the season. I try to not sh I try to shake some, but it just keeps coming back. It just keeps coming back to me that there's something wrong with the body of Christ. There's something wrong with Christians. And, and I'm, 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 I'm tending to believe that maybe Jesus is coming back. Maybe there's, a, there's something happening. If I can find my place this morning. <laughs> That we, we're missing. We're living in a time where there's, there's people, people don't, want to, don't want to worship God. I'm talking about Christians. I can expect that from the world. I can expect that from the unbeliever. But for those that go to church, they spend less and less time with God. They sit in the pews, and, but there's no change. You get what I'm saying? There's something happening. When we should be drawing closer to the Lord, Jesus said, as you see that day approaching when he come back, to, to, to uh, do it, comfort one another in our hearts. As we see that day growing cl closer and closer. I'm, a, I'm, I'm at, this, at, at the point where I'm believing that he's coming very soon. You see, preachers been saying that year, but I got something that I've got from God where I'm starting to notice that there's some things that had to happen before Jesus would come back. Israel becoming a nation in 1948. That never happened. It happened. God would draw all of his people, the Jews, back to Israel. There's Jews going to Israel by the droves, Kevin. Never happened. We see in government taking over everything. Government taking over our finances, government taking over our food, government taking over our health. Uh, uh, you know, take, you see it happening all over. There's things, there's something wrong. When Jesus had made it very clear that when you see all these things coming to pass, signs in the heaven, 
you know, with the, with the, uh, the, the atmosphere and, and, and the, all these things are happening. You know, these things happen. There's something changing. But he says in verse 1 of, of, of uh, 2 Thessalonians, now I want you to have this mindset this morning. Listen to the word of God, not me. Listen to what God says. Like I said, I'm only the messenger. I need the message myself. You understand what I'm saying? God has spoken to us in 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, I'm sorry, chapter 2. Now, brethren, concern the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, and our, what? Gathering unto him. Now, he's saying this because he's letting you know this is, this is going to happen when, I, when, when he comes back and he takes us to meet him. This is something you can look for. You know, he didn't tell us when he was coming, but he said we can know the signs, right? He gives us warning signs. He gives us the season of his return, right? When we're looking at something happening in this world that I've never saw, even the church itself, even from the time, the birth of the book of Acts, all the way now. Paul was writing this, and Paul is waiting for what we're waiting for. See, they're expecting it. And the, the situation here is that a lot of Christians had died when Paul was writing this. And, and the believers were wondering, well, what's going to happen to them? Well, Paul said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. <laughs> and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Those old graves back there, those believers back there, that, that, that concrete is going to split open one day. And they're coming out. They're going to meet their bodies again. And they're going to take on a glorified form. Hey, I like that. <laughs> For Christian, death, death is not death. <laughs> it's only the beginning of eternal life. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Oh, what is going to be a day, huh? <laughs> Woo, man. To be absent from the body. To be present with the Lord. There are some believers that serve God with all their hearts and lives. They look for that day. I'm going to die and be with Jesus. I'm not going to die and be eaten up by worms six feet under. I'm going to be with Jesus, right? That's how we should be. That death is not something to fear. My God, I'm going to be 60 years old in a couple of days. I said, I've done lived half my life already, over half. And I wondered sometimes where I'm going to go from here. What do I got to look forward, y'all? What do I got to look forward to? If I only believed that I was going in the grave. <laughs> what a depressing thought. Huh? But I'm not just going to be in the grave. <laughs> I'm going to be with Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm going to be singing songs and worship forever and ever and ever. He says, at the coming of the Lord. No, my brother, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him. It says, I'm reading the New King James. We ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or trouble. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about those that have died. See, they're already with the Lord. They've already set their seal. They're, nothing could change that. They're, they're with the Lord. Those that have wanted to be the Lord, they'll never see sickness, or, or disease, or death. They're with the Lord. They're sealed. Sin has no grasp on their lives anymore. 
Death has nothing to do to just take their bodies in. They're with the Lord, those. But Paul said, don't worry about them. He says, either by spirit or by word or letter, as from us, as though the day of Christ had come. come. He ain't come yet. <laughs> He's, it hasn't happened yet. Let none of you, none, no one be deceived by any means. For that day will not come away unless there be what? A falling away first, comes first. And the man of sin, talking about the Antichrist, is revealed. The son of perdition. Now he gives us plainly, he says, don't worry about it. Don't be troubled. Because there's going to be a great falling away. Before. People are going to fall from God. They're going to come to church anymore. They're not going to, they're not going to pray anymore. They're not going to read their Bible anymore. I don't know about you, but that's been troubling me lately. I've never seen it that bad. I've saw people come in and out of church, out of, in and out of God. Some people would come to God back and forth like they was on a vacation, but it's, that's, that's how it works. You, you have to plant your feet in the faith of Christ. Not be shaken by man or anything on this earth or by preachers that send you a letter and say, you ain't coming yet. Don't worry about it. Listen, I'm going to tell you something with you, and you can get mad at me if you want. The most damnable teaching that's out there, once saved, always saved. I don't see that in the Bible. It makes a man, I have a cousin, I mean, he's been married five times. He's singing, he plays the piano, he's singing with all kind of wicked bands and stuff, but yet he thinks he's going to heaven. He's not going to heaven. Because of once saved, always saved, this man is living a sinful life and thinking that he's, he's, he's all right with God. Some preacher lied to him. My Bible says, and I can show you scripture, I just got down, but you have to go look for it, where it says, he that doeth the will of God abided forever. You got to be in the will of God to be saved. You got to be serving God to be saved. Come on, somebody. And many Christians are running around thinking they're all right with God. Boy, what a horrible day when the Christ is going to come back and they'll be left behind. Preachers will be left behind. Song leaders will be left behind. Leaders of churches will be left behind. Y'all listen to me. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to scare anybody. Yeah, I am trying to scare you. Hallelujah. I'd rather you be scared and in heaven and not scared and be in hell. Because he says there would be a great falling away. People would fall away. Not necessarily. Fall away from Christ. Fall away from the faith in the cross. Fall away from the faith of Christ. They won't have no desire to pray anymore. My God, it bothers me when, when I lose my desire to pray. When I lose my desire to pray, something happened inside of me. I've let life itself be my God. You hear what I'm saying? I've let life, people it's themselves, take away from when I should be with God. My God, I'm preaching this morning. I know it ain't easy for the beginning of the first year, but it's the truth. When I spend more time, and I don't say you, can't be, you have to be praying every second of the day, but you can have that attitude of prayer. You can be wanting to, you know, God speaking things to your heart every day. Listen, it happens. There will be a great falling away before the man of sin and the Antichrist will be revealed. 47%. The US, America used to be a Christian nation. When people, when they got up in the morning, Sunday morning, they were going to church, right? Listen, they, they weren't letting people stop them. 
The biggest hindrance to uh, Christians right now is their own families. Oh, mama came and she hadn't been in my house in, in a month. Take mama to church. <laughs> mama, you can come. I'm glad you come, but I got to go to church. Come on, Holy Ghost. Oh, my kids will come over. I ain't seen them for three weeks. Bring them to church. Come on. Hey, I brought my mama to church. Hey. The Bible says, if you love father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love son or daughter more than me, yeah, even it got so serious when Jesus, the man came to Jesus, suffer me first to go bury my father, then I'll follow you. He said, let the dead bury the dead. And come and follow me. I personally think that young man was just using an excuse. I know how serious he was when he asked Christ that. Let me go bury. Listen, Jesus said, the, the son of man have not, you know, Birds of the air, they have nests, and foxes have holes, but the Son of Man, have, listen, you're not going to serve Jesus and expect a Cadillac to roll down the street and give you a trip into glory. That's not going to happen. Jesus said, the Son of Man don't even have a place to lay his head. <laughs> Come on. Most of the time, Jesus slap, slap on the ground. When I get on them preachers, get on TV, and they can say, man, the Lord wants to make you a millionaire. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, he wants to make, listen, Jesus had money. Yeah, Jesus walked where he went, and Jesus slept on the ground, and Jesus said that he didn't even have a place to lay his head. He didn't have $6 million houses and airports and, 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 and planes and everything. He, he walked among the demons. He, he, he ministered to the demons. But anyway, I don't get off it. <laughs> But when we got to the place where we think men are the answer, I'm going to shock you, brothers and sisters, and, and believe me, I am not the answer. I'm seeking the answer. This church is not the answer. The reason you come here is to get the answer. Jesus has the answer. And he's warning us in his last days there was going to be a great falling away. If you know somebody that you need to tell about Jesus, go tell them. Go tell them it's coming. Listen to me. I praise God. I know, I know people that sat in this church for years. Where are they? Come on. You know where they are? They're not serving God. You hear what I'm saying? They heard the same preaching I heard. They heard the same message I heard. But yet they, they, they let life itself and people and things and draw them away from the Lord. There's coming a day. Listen. Well, this church is going to be full. You might not be here because you're going to be raptured, but some, they'll be looking for a preacher. All those people that have backslidden on God will be looking for a preacher. Come on, somebody. They're going to be looking. I ain't going to be here. I told Boogie in books, I ain't going to be here. I said, you can have the pastorship if it, when, when the rapture happens. Boogie, if you want to preach. He said, no, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, they can have it. They can have my... My land, they can have my business, they can have everything. I ain't going to be here. <laughs> listen, there's, listen. This, it's a sad thing that God had to give us this one warning. There will be a grateful. I wish I didn't have to say that this morning, seriously. I wish, I didn't have, I wish this church was filled to the, the capacity of preachers. People are ready and hungry, you know what I'm saying? But one of the, 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 one of the, the signs that he gives is that you'd watch for people not wanting to serve him anymore. People falling away. You don't have to fall away. 
You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to stop serving God. Come on, somebody. With a passion in my heart, please don't stop. Please don't stop. Don't let, it, don't let situations and problems stop you from serving Jesus. Serve Jesus with your heart. Second Timothy. Real quick. I'm going to show you something this morning. I hope you're ready to hear from the Lord. Chapter 3. God is warning us all through the scriptures, especially Paul, through Paul's writings. Paul knew something was different. He had got a revelation of Christ that I don't think any of the apostles even got. He said, I didn't come to you to preach baptism. I didn't come to you to preach men's philosophies and wisdom. But I came to you to preach the cross. I came to you to preach about Jesus dying and sanctifying us through his blood. Made it very clear. Verse 1 says, but know this, in the last days. What does that mean, the last days? Right before Jesus comes back. Listen to that word real good. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times, troubled times. Listen, don't look for the earth to get better. Don't look for nations to get better. Come on, Holy Ghost. Don't look for everything to flourish and, and your whole life is filled with riches and, and glory and, and everything you need. He said, in the last days, perilous times, troubled times are coming. So pay attention to that one thing. How many know that we're living in troubled times? I've never seen so much trouble in this world. Never seen so much hate in this world. Never seen so much turmoil and, 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 and destruction from, you, from, uh, from leaders of these, these nations that don't have one thing right to say about Jesus. Don't turn CNN on and expect them to lift up Jesus. Don't talk, turn CBS or Fox or, or all these other channels on. Expect Jesus to be glorified. He is not. All they can do is tell you, look how bad it is. Earthquake killed 300 people this week. A tsunami killed 4,000 people. I mean, uh, uh, shootings and uh, killings. And, and all you, that's all you hear. Turn the stupid thing off. I've talked to the point. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear. I can't let that steal my mind. God, come on. Steal the joy and faith of Jesus' return. If we spend all our time looking at that, and I'm not saying you're not supposed to pray about it, and I'm not saying you're not going to know it, but the point is that if that's what filters our mind all the time, Lord God, help us. We need to be fixed on Jesus because he is coming. The only thing you need to worry about what's going on in the world, Jesus is coming. Right? The signs of his return. The signs of his soon coming. Why in the world do we see less people in church? Because Jesus said it would happen. Paul wrote about it. Know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Don't expect nothing less. The only time the earth's going to be settled and in peace is when Jesus sets up his kingdom. You hear what I'm saying? When he comes back to set up his rule. There will be no death on this earth. There will be no starvation on this earth. There won't be no disease. There won't be none of that. 
He's going to be ruling and reigning. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But don't expect ungodly men, like all presidents and kings and leaders, to make righteous decisions. They're not going to do it. Matter of fact, they're going to be part of the problem. Because everything right now that's being made in our leaderships in this country, you, you have to spend just a day looking at what the decisions these world leaders are making, ungodly decisions. Look, when, 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 we, when we so-called banned abortion in America, look at all of those that rose up their ugly head. How dare you tell us we can't kill babies? How wicked can a person be? Come on, somebody. I was rejoicing. Man, look, seriously. I said, man, some babies are not going to die today. But they're fighting. I'm going to pass a law on president. And we're going to make sure that babies can be murdered. He don't say it like that, but that's what he means. I don't want homosexuals to have their rights. Perverts to be protected. Through uh, uh, LGB. A man thinks he's a woman. A woman th- they can go into a woman's bathroom. Let me tell you, if, if a man goes into a woman's bathroom with my wife, he's going to get out quick. Come on, right, Listen, they're going to arrest me, buddy. To go see my wife use the restroom. Or little baby girls, some sick pervert calling himself a woman. All he wants is to look at these babies and lust after them. And if he could get his hands on them, he would do it. And sick leaders will say, oh, yeah, but they got their right. They ain't got the right to look at my wife, buddy, or, or, or my daughters. Come on, Holy Ghost. I mean, I'm getting righteous anger. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's bad. But yet all you see in Washington... <laughs> oh, we're going to protect them. Protect them from what? So they can rape your wife or rape your daughter or rape your son? That's what you want them to do? Jump in a bathroom and molest and, and destroy their lives? We're looking. Perilous times. Troubled times. America used to be a beacon. You understand what I'm saying? America used to stand for something. America used to protect their people. But now we're giving the very people that's corrupting this nation the right to do what they want to do and corrupt them, corrupt the nations. God help us. And, and listen, when I said a while ago, I mean it. A man puts his wife on, he, I don't care if he got a wig or a dress. He puts his wife, uh, puts his hand on my wife, buddy. And God would hold me accountable if I don't protect her. Come on, somebody. I'd, go, I'd, I'd, I'd be the one going to jail and then let the perfect go free. I was hearing the other a while back about a judge. A man raped a little girl. And the judge gave him, they got him off. I said, come on, seriously? Seriously? Destroying a young baby's life and turn around and you give him freedom? God help us. That man, don't, he needs, they need to get him out. Just in Bro Bridge. A few months back, a lady, a lady was hit by a, a man. She watched that man, that lady die. Put a effort in the ditch to drown. And left her there. And because the, lead, the, the, the judge, whoever was related to the boy, he let him go free. I'd give him something to go free about. 
Because you know what I'm saying? Come on, something is wrong. No justice. No justice. But where there's no God, there's no justice. Come on, Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, where there's no God, you're going to see perilous times. Where there's no God, you're going to expect wickedness to come around. Where there's no God, there's no justice. There's no, there's no God, there's no justice. Come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> but no, we're living in those days. We're living in the perilous says, Notice that in the last day, times, perilous times shall come. Will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. How many see that today? Me, 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 me. Me, me, me. I love me, me, me. What I me, me wants, I want. I don't care what, who I got to hurt to get it. Me, 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 me. Lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. You don't have to be rich to be a lover of money, no. You, you can be a lover of money with no money. Envying other people for their riches. Wanting to be just like them. Lovers of money, bolsters. Why we got that today? Look at me. I'm, I'm something, man. Who I am. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Unforgiving. Slanders. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of good. I'm reading from the New King James. Traitors. Heady. Headstrong. Heady. Head-minded, haughty, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Have, wait, let me stop there. You said, but that's the world. That's the world for you. Wait, read the next line. They'll have what? Form of godliness. Form of God? What does that mean? They'll, 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 they'll go to church. They'll, they'll, let me tell you something. I ain't stupid enough to believe that everybody that comes to church is saved. I had a little guy in here one time. I was telling Kevin that. He, he was staring at women. I said, I got him on the side. I said, you know what? I don't want you doing that. You could come to church here, but you ain't going to be looking at women. And you know what? I never saw him back. I said, these people come to worship God. They don't need you staring at them. As far as I know, he's lost like a goose today. And I'm not trying, listen, I pray for him. Every time I think about him, I pray for him. I ask for his salvation. But when you get to the point where our hearts are dark, listen, the church is not the problem. Come on, somebody. Religion's the problem. I've watched people swing their hair around. Uh, I used to pastor that church in Henderson. Swing their hair. I mean, you think the, the Holy Ghost is all falling all over the place. And you know what? They ain't even serving God today. They made you think they were godly. They made you think God was moving on them, but he wasn't. Today they're lost. They'll have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. They don't want God to touch their lives. They don't want to stop sinning. They don't want to stop their old ways. They just want to be, make sure they got a little door they can get into heaven, Sister Joyce. Just a little crack where they, they just want to make it by the skin of their teeth. Well, there ain't no skin on your teeth. Listen, you, listen I'm, I'm preaching this this morning because I want you, the Lord spoke to me that you make sure my people are ready for my coming. That's what he told me. I was praying the other morning. He said, listen, we don't have a whole lot here this morning, but you know, you're not going to have a whole lot when you tell people you got to change your life. Come on, Holy Ghost. You better change your ways. Come on. You say, 
the temple of the Lord, the church of Kuru Homes. I'm part of the church. I'm part of the songs. I'm part of the singing. But know not that your heart is deceitful. And I'm not saying that about any of you. No, I'm just using that as an example. Praise God. Listen, we have to come to this church expecting to change our lives. Not because of the building. Because of the word. You understand what I'm saying? Not because of me. Listen, I'm not Lord over you. I'm, I'm giving you a message. I can't go to your house and make sure you put the right channel on or listen to the right song. I can't go make sure you go, go at 6 o'clock and Yvette says, put your knees on that floor at 6 o'clock right now, Yvette. Read your scripture, Sister Madeline, at 4.50 in the morning. That, that, that ain't my job. You, that's the Holy Ghost's job. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? I got I to gotta work on my own life. But I said this morning, I said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to make sure the word of God is going in my house. I'm going to make sure that the word of God is not forsaken in my house. Come on, Jesus. I'm going to make sure the word of God is in my lips, in my house. And I'm not telling you that. My, my, my son's back. My wife, she knows. Sometime I get in before the Lord, I'm weeping at that window by my, in my little prayer closet. No, man, I need to change, God. I want to be ready. You think it's easy? Think it's because I'm a pastor, I got a one-way ticket to heaven? No, I don't. I don't. I got to press through. I got to press on. I got to strive to make it. Straight as the gate is now. It's not that hard. Listen, you know how narrow that path is? You can see the wide is the gate. I can go back and forth like this. You see? Pass through his chair. But let me try to look. Let me walk in that little, that, little, that little line. Look how much harder it is. I'm saying? See, see, religion says, oh, you can go this way. It don't matter if you do this. And you drink a little this and smoke a little this and, and go around a little here and go here. That's what religion does. See? Religion doesn't give you that straight and narrow path. Straight is the gate. And narrow is the way that leadeth unto righteousness. And few there be could find. I'm here to tell you today that don't be one of the fallen ways. Today you leave this church and you have a responsibility. You hear what I'm saying? You have to listen to God. And it's not the words that I speak, but what the Holy Spirit speaks. Okay? Many people come to church and they know things ain't right in their lives and it's so uncomfortable. So I don't have to listen to that preacher. No, I'm not asking you to listen to me. I know what the Bible says. I don't want a form of godliness. I want to be godly. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want an act. Do you know what that word hypocrite means? Acting. The word, that's where we get the word actor from. See, when you see a man on a, on, in a movie, that's not really him, Kevin. He's just playing a part. <laughs> Come on. That's all he's doing. He's paid to play a part. How many Christians are paid to play a part? How many preachers are paid, paid to play a part? See, that's why they don't make people, un, you know, people uncomfortable. They want people to feel comfortable. Just come to church and say, God loves you, and God's going to take care of everything you need. And, and you just... You just Love Jesus. But it's, what loving Jesus, what is that about? Loving Jesus is to walk a holy life. 
Loving Jesus, God demands a holy walk. God demands holiness. Well, Berlin, I'm not perfect. Well, come on. What you see in your life, change. That is not perfect. What I'm seeing in my life, I'm changing. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not going to leave this excuse. Nobody's perfect. You know how many people go to hell because of that? They don't see no strive and no faith to walk with God. They, they say nobody's perfect. Nobody can do it. You know, everybody, everybody messes up. How many of you heard that? Over and over again I've heard it. But nobody's talking. Listen, I was a sinner, but God changed my life. I got on that straight and narrow path. God changed my life. I'm not living that sinful life anymore. How many of you hear that? Not much. Because we're too stuck and nobody's perfect. Everybody sins. And nobody has victory over sin anymore. Listen, I, I want to tell you something. Years ago, I used to listen, read on back of these old preachers like D.L. Moody and Charles Finney and all these preachers, John and Edwards. Go look at their writings. Kevin, 90% of the people they preached to stayed safe. Now you're lucky if 10% stay safe. Because you know why? The message was different. There wasn't a flimsy, flimsy Jesus you see today. You know how many preachers are sending people to hell? Come on. You know how many preachers are sending people to, to darkness? It's even worse if you know the truth. It's better you don't know than after you know to turn away from it. It's better you don't even know than finding out the truth and don't, don't accept it. Because to whom much is given, the scriptures say, much is required. From whom little is given, little is required. Because Jesus said about Capernaum in his day, he said, it would be better for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for you. know, Sodom and Gomorrah was bad. Sodom, God, Sodom and Gomorrah was wicked. Perversion on every, he couldn't, God couldn't even look upon it anymore. He destroyed it with fire and brimstone. But it says, it was better for them. Then for Capernaum, because Capernaum saw Jesus. Come on, Holy Ghost. Capernaum heard the truth. Sodom and Gomorrah did not hear the truth. They did not know salvation. There was nobody. Lot went to them. Lot wasn't preaching to them. Lot became almost just like them. Come on. Jesus walked in the midst of them, and they still didn't believe. They still refused the truth. But God is rich. In mercy, I realized today, I said, God, I can't do this without you. Come on, Holy Ghost. Listen, you can come to this church to you blue in the face. If you don't let Jesus give you his spirit and give him your strength, you ain't going to make it. This is not about how holy you can look. It's about how, how holy you can be. The richness of God's power and spirit in your life. You shouldn't have to tell people you're a Christian. You should have to just look at you and see you're a Christian. Right? You shouldn't have to get, I go to Court of Holmes Fellowship Church. I, you know, I speak in tongues. I sing the songs. That don't make <laughs> nothing. They look at your life and say, you go there? Let me, and they say, well, I'm going to see. If you're, you're, you curse like the world and you talk like the world, and that, they're going to say, well, <laughs> Matter of fact, you, you bring a bad testimony on, on the church and on the word of God. But if they see your humility, 
and see your grace and see the spirit of the Lord. Listen, it, 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 they don't know. I had one guy, I, was, I used to drive a seabed truck. And I was coming here as a young man, Kevin. And I've had a, I had the testimony. I was just talking on the, on the radio, telling them where I'm at, where, where I was, what, you know, when the job was finished. And one, one, one brother came to me and said, man, you're a Christian, huh? How you knew that? <laughs> he said, you're a believer. I didn't preach about nothing, Jesus or nothing. Just, <laughs> just told him the information the dispatcher needed to know. And, and I, I thank God for that testimony because there was something different in me that he just heard over the radio. When people listen to you, do you hear grace? You might not even be preaching. Just how you address people. Just how you see people. Just how you act. Just about how, when people are in distress and in fear, you say, well, look, okay, I'm going to make it in Jesus' name. The confidence you have in your word and the faith. The confidence you have in the word of God. The confidence you have in his return. Right? They know. I'm not here to judge anybody this morning. Listen to me. I want to save you from the judgment. <laughs> I'm going to give you a word that you can make it. Let me finish, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished, okay? It says, They be lovers of themselves, boastful, proud, blasphemous, unthankful. I know. Turn with me to 1 Timothy, right there before 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Paul was given the church a warning. You see, he's writing, First and Second Timothy, he was writing to the pastors of these churches. That was Timothy and Titus. All right? When he was writing to Timothy and Titus, he was telling them how to teach the church. Watch he, when you choose leaders, you choose godly men. When you choose people in the church, you give them these instructions on how they're to maintain the church. That's what Titus and Timothy was. It was these, were, these, were, these were letters to young pastors, okay? These were letters to pastors on how to function in the church, what to do. And he gives them a warning of apostasy. Now, what is apostasy? Apostasy is, is false doctrine. Teaching things that don't come from the Lord, right? You know, I can... Pick on a lot of people. It's not only happening in the Catholic church no more. It's happening in the Protestant churches. You know, when I hear people that says, you know, there are people about uh, one of them the other day, and I just got so angry. I don't listen to him anymore. If I tell you his name, you would, be, you, you, would, you, you would know who he is. Got up and he said, you know what Jesus said? He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He said, he said, he said I am equal with God. I said, my God. And you know what troubles me? How many thousands of people sit before this man every week, sending him money? He said it himself. I'm not telling you. He said, I heard it out of his mouth. And one of his protégés turned around and said, you want to see what God looks like? He picked up his hand and he did this. You know what he's telling him? I'm God. I said, my God, come on. These men are blaspheming. 
What was the first lie Satan ever told in the Garden of Eden? The day you eat there, God don't want you to know you can become like God. Don't tell me that's not the same spirit. When a man's going to say he's equal with God, a man going to say he's God, when it, that's the very sin that caused Adam and Eve to fall. Great apostasy. Great lies. I'm going to tell you something. I ain't God. I hope to God I can feel and think like God. I hope I have God's nature in, in, in judging things, basically, in my own life starting. But I ain't God. You ain't God. So anytime a preacher gets up and says, oh, I'm God, turn him off. Run. Because he's a liar. Come on. Kenneth Copeland. I'm going to mention his name because I, I don't want you to be. He said that very thing. He says, I am equal with God. Jesse Duplantis said, I am God. Look at me. You want to see God? This is what God looks like. I saw it myself. I'm not lying to you. I, I, I study this stuff. And these men are saying this stuff, Kevin. They, it's coming out of their mouth. They're not hiding it anymore. You don't have to guess. They're saying it themselves. You're not God. I am not God. He is not God. Matter of fact, they don't repent. They're going to end up in hell for blaspheming. A man trying to put himself in the place of God. But he says this. This no. None of this. Let me get my glasses on. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Help Brother Lance. Now the Spirit speaking expressly, saying that in the latter times, the end times, some shall be, listen to this, some shall give, uh, some shall depart from the faith. Depart from the faith? What faith? Faith that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and Jesus Christ is coming back. And you got, and Jesus Christ is going to change your life. Faith in knowing that Christ is your everything. The thing that we live by, the very voice of the word of God that we live by, they will leave it. I'm going to say something, and I don't take it wrong. Some people are here, not here today because they departed from the faith. They believe. I remember years ago, there was a lady that would come here. I was a young Christian. And Brother Mike was pastor. And she started dressing, wanted to go in the well and feel and act like a man. Want to be a welder. Uh, and started, Brother Mike said, I don't think that's right. Now, this sounds strange. A welder is a man's job. Okay? A, a woman should not be in the midst of a bunch of men. And he, she argued with Brother Mike, and, you know, and she's, she probably, she, 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 she died. She's dead today, and she's, she might not be in heaven. Now, I don't want to get into all that stuff, but the man of God gave her a warning. That very job that she wanted to get that belonged to a man had turned her from the Lord. Disobeyed the man of God that said, it's not a good idea. But again, 
It sounded good. It sounded, you know, the flesh always likes to hear what it wants to hear. She went find another preacher that told exactly what she wanted to hear. Guess what happened? She stopped serving God. Now, that was personal between her and God. That was something that but God told her not to do. She shouldn't obey God, the voice of God. But it says here, now, Spirit speaking, blessed in the land of time, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils or demons. What are they going to do? Verse 2 says, speaking lies and hypocrisies, having their conscience scared with hot iron. Now, what, 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 you know, why did God put a conscience in you? It was to give you a warning. Even lost people have consciences. When I was lost, I knew stealing was wrong. Did you know that? I knew lying was wrong. When I was lost, I knew all, you know, adultery would, I knew it was wrong. You know, it's, it's, but if you, if you, you listen to false doctrine, it, it justifies, it makes it, you're conscious scared. You don't feel conviction anymore. You don't feel conscious anymore. From Adam and Eve till around the time of Moses, people lived in the age of conscience. There was no law given. God appeared to Abraham, and if you ever study Abraham's life, Abraham was told there was only one God, one, and Abraham knew that. But there was no set law till Moses came around and God had to set it on paper. Abraham followed the Hammurabi law. What is that? Well, if you look like if you studied Hammurabi, that when a woman would, couldn't have a baby, and if she had a slave or somebody like that, she would, the, the husband would go into the slave. That's where you get what happened with uh, Sarah and, and Hagar. And if the, if the baby would pass, she'd sit on the, ba- the woman's laps that couldn't have the, and the baby would pass through the legs of the woman that was barren, then that was considered her child. That was a Hammurabi law. But look what the message made with Abraham. Today, we still feel in the effect of that with the, with the Muslims and, and, and the Arabs and the Jews because Hagar had Ishmael, which is the father of the Islamic people or the Arabian people. And now, listen, we're still fighting with them. Israel, Israel got them all around them now. They, they would blow Israel off the map if they could right now. Because God told Abraham that he would have a son through Sarah. But he didn't want to wait. He thought he would help God. How many of you done that? God, I know what you said, but I'm going to help you. <laughs> I'm gonna, listen, Sarah said, well, hey, that can't happen. I'm barren. I can't have no children. I'm old. And Abraham said, well, I guess Sarah's right. I'll, be, I'll go in that old flesh. He, you know, Hagar probably was a beautiful woman. She said, well, I'm going to fulfill God's will in my lust. No, it cost him something, right? But Abraham got a word from the Lord that he was supposed to wait. You know, Isaac didn't show up to Abraham was 99 years old. <laughs> Come on. We see the promise of God is not always going to happen right away, y'all. You're praying for a loved one. You might not get saved tomorrow. It might take a little while, but God will save him. 
God spoke to you the promise of your family. You pray and listen, I'll share that. Every time you intercede and pray, you put that request before God, it's sealed. If it's prayed in faith, if it's according to His word, it's coming. Lost love one, that's according to God's word. Health and healing and prosperity, that's all according to God's word. My Lord, I'm going to get off into something else. But when, when you start believing a lie, you can get all of that by, you don't have to really live a sinless life, sinful. You know, you, you don't really have to stop serving. You can, you know, you can do a little here, a little there. You know, God understands. We're weak and we, we, we fall. And I've heard so many messages like that. I'm, I don't listen to them anymore. If I'm looking for a way to justify my life, that's the kind of preacher I want. Justify my sin. Oh, man, I'm all right. What am I worried about that for? Everybody sins. Everybody, nobody's perfect. If I'm looking for a way to walk a half-hearted walk with God, that's the kind of preacher I want. But if I'm looking for one to live a holy life that tells me I have to live a circumspect life, a life where I'm, I'm, I'm seeking God's will and seeking to walk with God, I don't want that other preacher I just told you about. I want somebody to tell you, listen, Without holiness, no man shall see God. <laughs> right? I'm going to walk with you. Listen, I'm, only, I'm fixing to finish. I don't know all of your hearts. Seriously, I don't. I can, listen, I've talked to people, to my Christian walk. I've seen people. Listen, I've seen some people. Man, the Lord has spoke to me. I mean, they're so excited. Veins coming on their neck. And a month later, they're backslidden. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I remember years. We come together on Thursday night. I know some of you can't, but we mean we come here every Thursday night to pray. And I've been doing that for almost 40 years. Seriously. At least 35 years because I left a little while, but we still prayed. But when I when when I'd come here, there was just that little handful. I'd watch Brother Mike, he was laying right here on that floor. I can still see him right here, right, right there on, on between this, this thing. And a few little handful, you know, to pray. It was never the majority of the church. I never saw it. And I watched it when I went to other churches, when we had prayer meetings. <laughs> you can count five, six, ten, twelve people the most. But everybody's waiting for the rapture. But nobody's praying. Everybody's waiting for the rapture. Nobody, nobody, not everybody's coming to church. See, church can't save you, but you need church to stay saved. Because that's where the food is, right? You get what I'm saying? You got to come to church to hear the gospel preached. You got to have come to church to hear the, 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 the Lord speak to your life. I, I, I've done it for years. Y'all serious? I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I, we, I'm not... Boasting, but we came to church, man. We came to church. That's where I learned about the coming of Christ. That's where I learned about faith. That's where I learned to live for the Lord. As I came to church. Sad. I can almost pinpoint you to spot. I came to church. I came to church. Whether the saints were playing on football, they I came to church. Came to church. When people didn't like me, people talked bad about me, I came to church. Still came. 
And I made my mind up. Men, don't determine my fate. Listen to me, brother. If I'm saying anything that's going to make sense to you, don't let a man determine your fate. You base your faith on that book. If they don't like the way you live for God, get away from them. If they got to question what you believe and it comes out of that book, you don't need to be around them. Come on, somebody. Oh, you're not going to obtain your faith letting men decide how you to believe God. I'm not, listen, I'm only telling you to believe what you got in your lap. And that's what I'm going to do my very best to preach. But don't let me decide how you're going to have faith. You have faith because of that book. Because of the word of God. Because i got to do the very same thing. Preachers think, get up there and they preach like we got it all together. We figured it out. and we, 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 No, I haven't figured it. I figured this out. That if I'm going to gain anything from the Lord, I'm going to believe in his word. Come on, somebody. I'm going to believe this book. Now, this is where faith is established, praise God. It's on what God said. Not on the church, not on the preacher. You know, I'll be honest with you. I, I like to be around God-fearing people. I have a few of them that made a difference in my life. Brother Mike was one of them. Well, we just sat and just get him started on one verse. He'll talk about Jesus till he's blue in the face. Get him to talk about something of the Lord. He, he would constantly, and I love that. I could name another man, Brother Brandon from Bull Bridge, when he's passing, he's passing the church. I sat with Brother Brandon sometime, and I listened to him. And we'd go talk, and he'd open the word up. He just loved the word. A passion for God. But when I sit with people and start making excuses, nobody's perfect. You can't call yourself a, a holy and a more than by. You, you know what I'm saying? When I get when people start making excuses, go look at their lives and you go see why they say it like that. Go examine what they, how they live and you're going to know why they're making excuses. Amen. Stand up. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to go to heaven, okay? Believe me, this is not easy to preach this. And I'm not up here saying that I don't wrestle with the same God you wrestle with, okay? But I'm going to heaven. I made my mind up. Listen to me, praise God. Under the Holy Ghost, I'm going to heaven. And I know man can't get that for me. I know man. I remember a guy came here. Well, was, he passed away, but where Kevin's at right now? He's right there. He couldn't walk. I hadn't walked in a year. And I was preaching, some of you were here, I was preaching about, about Pharaoh letting my people go. Listen, nobody touched him. Nobody touched him. He just believed what he heard. He knew that the devil was keeping him in that wheelchair. Pharaoh was keeping him in the wheelchair. Pharaoh is a, 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 he's a, he's a shadow of the devil. Satan likes to bound you up. Satan likes to keep you oppressed. Satan likes to keep you burdened. He wants to keep you way down to where you can't find time with God. Come on, somebody. That's what the Pharaoh was doing to the Egyptians. I mean, the Israelites. They got up. They went to work. 
They, they, were, they were making mud bricks. They were pulling. They were slaving them. They, they didn't care about their rest. They didn't care about their peace. They just said, you work. You are in bondage. You do what I told you to do. I saw, I saw it was with Pharaoh. Or you die. And he said back then, <laughs> I'm not lying to you. He got up, Brady. He was sitting right where you're at. Out of that wheelchair, brother. And he walked. Hadn't walked in a year. From one end to the other. The bad part about it, he didn't continue with God. That's the scary part. But for that point, he got up, Kevin. And I saw it. He walked. Nobody touched him. Nobody said, get up. He just believed what he heard. <laughs> what a day was that. Amen. His wife was saying, no, he's going to fall. I said, let him go. Let him walk. Let him walk. Right? My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in <laughs> The devil tells you you can't walk. Tell him he's a liar. The devil tells him you can't live for God. It's too hard. Tell him he's a liar. People say, well, all the church does is preach bondage. Let me tell you, I've been in here a long time. I don't feel like I'm under bondage. Come on, Holy Ghost. I don't feel like I'm trapped like the Israelites, bound up with chains, told when you got to get up and go. To, go and I don't feel none of that. Never did. When people don't want to obey God, they say it's bondage. Because they don't have enough faith to obey God. When I hear somebody say, well, the miracles don't happen today. It's been done. You know what that is? That's a sorry excuse for unbelief. Because they don't have the faith to believe. They got religion. Come on, somebody. Listen, you don't get me. They got religion. They don't got faith. They got a church they go to. They don't got faith. They got a preacher or a priest they listen to. They don't got faith. And man got up because he believed the word. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but that stirs me up. If you're going to make it, believe the word. If you're going to make it, do what it says. If the word says come to church, come to church. The word says pray, pray. The word says seek the Lord, seek the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. God, we thank you, Father, for this morning. I, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. Lord, I know people listen on the internet today. I pray you would stir up your church, Lord God. Stir up your people, God, that they can hear and receive. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in this place. That souls are going to fill up those chairs, Father. And that souls are going to be saved and healed and touched. In Jesus' name.